Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. Great to see everybody this morning. We welcome everybody watching online and watching on Spectrum Cable as well. So glad that you are with us uh, this morning. We're uh, kind of finishing up our sermon series called A Christian Is... Uh, this morning and uh, as we do I hope we're beginning to put together the dots that that a Christian is more than believing something it's a way that you live in a relationship that you have uh, with God you know uh, if you've ever watched any action movies out there in your life you probably sometimes have this misconception and that we all do that the actor that you're seeing on the screen actually has some of those superhero qualities that they're really big and tough and bad and athletic and dangerous and we just kind of suddenly think that's what our action heroes are even though they're just people playing a part so I thought it might be good for you to see some of these great action figures and then to see their stunt doubles the people that actually do the stunts for them so uh, here's a, a, a picture of a lot of them together at the top that's Johnny Depp uh, that you see there that's his stunt double Tom Hardy well, I have to say I never heard of Tom Hardy but, but uh, he's got a stunt double anyway the, uh, let's see you got the rock there uh, Dwayne Johnson Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine right there, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, uh, all of them, you look at that, those are their stunt doubles, the people that actually do all of the stunts uh, that they are in. So we think they're doing all these things, they're actually not. And then at the bottom you have Jackie Chan and his stunt double. Uh, and Oh, Jackie Chan does all of his own stunts, so he doesn't need a stunt double, as you see there. Uh, but we begin to think somehow these people have all of these characteristics, and they're not just actors. Uh, I tell you that this morning because we're going to look at the fact that when it comes to our faith, we're to live a life where we're told that we were supposed to be like Jesus. But what's it mean to really be like Jesus. And we're going to look at uh, several different passages of Scripture today, four different passages of Scripture, and we will see exactly what that means. So we start out with this. As Christians, we are called to be like Jesus. As Christians, we are called to be like Jesus. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says this, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, it's interesting that as the first church began to grow, it grew because of persecution. Uh, the church was being persecuted in Jerusalem. Uh, they were going out to other places. One of the places that they went to uh, was Antioch in Syria. So they, they go to this place, Antioch, and Antioch becomes the very first multicultural place where the followers of God begin to gather. Uh, there was a church that was with, had a lot of Jews and Gentiles and people from all over the world and different races and cultures. All of those blended together in this melting pot of Antioch. And that's where uh, this church began to grow and prosper. And in verse 26, you kind of have the throwaway line there that the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, we have no idea where that name came from. We have no idea who gave them that name. The church did not use the name Christian for itself. That was something that was put upon them and later adapted, but it wasn't something the church called themselves. The first church called themselves the way. 
That's what they called themselves. And they called themselves the way because they were following the way of Jesus. And, uh, but somebody somewhere along the line began to refer to them as Christians. Now, what does the name Christian mean? Well, of course, it comes from Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ was not his last name. It's not this is Jesus Christ with his little brother Billy Christ and his sister Sarah Christ or something like that. You know, that, that, that's not it at all. Christ was a messianic title. The word Christ means the anointed one. And so when you see Jesus Christ, it is like saying Jesus the Messiah. That's basically what it is saying there. Uh, and so when they called someone a Christian, what they were meaning is the word Christian literally means little Christs. And so these were people trying to be like Jesus. They were little Christ, people trying to act like Jesus. Some people think it was actually a derogatory term. Uh, that they were making fun of him. Oh, they're trying to be like, like uh, this Jesus person. They're little Christ. But whether it was or not, they were people trying to be like Jesus. Now, when my children were growing up, they liked a movie called Like Mike. Anybody here ever see Like Mike? Nobody here ever saw Like Mike? Thank you, back row. Thank You all always save us every week. I don't, I don't know what that is. You all need to watch more really good movies out there, Okay. So, like Mike, starred that great actor, Little Bow Wow, uh, who I'm sure today is now Big Bow Wow, uh, but back then he was Little Bow Wow, but it's about this kid finds these tennis shoes that were actually owned by Michael Jordan, and when he puts them on, he plays like Michael Jordan, even though he's just a little kid. So now you know you have to go see the movie, you know. But the whole point is, he was trying to be like Mike. And what we're told in our scripture is that little Christians were people trying to be like Jesus. All right, here's another question. We'll see if anybody with the back row has ever done this. Okay, anybody here ever have a WWJD bracelet? All right, thank you, thank you. Man, I'm starting to get worried about you for just a second. All right, the what would Jesus do bracelet? You know, uh, uh, we, we wear that sometimes. We sometimes ask ourselves, okay, in this situation, what would Jesus do? I've heard some people say, well, you know, that's not the best thing to say because we can't do what Jesus did. Maybe he would do a miracle or, or he would, you know, something like that. So maybe the best thing we could say is what would Jesus have me do in this situation? Might be what we really are need, need to be asking ourselves. But as little Christ, people trying to be like Jesus, then the question comes up, in the situation that I'm in now, what would Jesus have me do? So we start out with this, Christians were called to be like Jesus. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So if that's the case, what we're going to do now is we're going to look at three things that Jesus said that he came to do, okay? And if this is, what, this is what Jesus came to do, we probably need to be doing the same thing if we're going to be like him. Uh, now, Jesus actually said several different things, uh, but we're going to narrow it down to three of them and look at these three and talk about what's it mean to be like Christ. And the first thing we see is this. As little Christ, we are to seek and save the lost. As little Christ, we are to seek and save the lost. Luke 19, verse 10. For Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Three important words there, seek, save, lost. Uh, he came to seek and save the lost. So let's start with the last one. What's it mean to be lost? Anybody here ever been lost before? Yeah, everybody in this room has been lost. 
As a matter of fact, the other day, I was leaving the, the shopping center and had no idea where I parked my car. And I was one of those people you, walk, you, you laugh at walking around the parking lot uh, doing this to, the, to my keys until I realized I parked on the other side of the mall and I probably needed to, to walk over there. You know, it happens with age. You'll, you'll get there, you know, at some point, you know. But I was totally lost. I had no idea where my car was. And every once in a while, I would see a blue car and I go, that's it. And I go, no, the Ferrari, that's probably not mine. And so, you know, oh, no, I got a McLaren, you know, so I had to. So, you know, uh, but you're out there, you know, you've been lost before. Being lost means uh, that you don't know where you are, that you're, you're, you're confused, that you're away from where you should be. And when it says that someone is lost in this context, what it means is that they're lost from their purpose in life, they're lost from their relationship with God, they're lost from what God would have them be and what God would have them do. They are spiritually lost lost and that's a very frustrating feeling as well it's very frustrating to think man i really don't know what the purpose of life is you know i'm just trying to i'm just i'm existing i'm not living i'm just kind of putting in my my days going through my days going to bed getting up doing it all over again no rhyme no reason no real point as to why i'm here or to what i'm doing it's a very frustrating feeling just as getting lost in a parking lot is a very frustrating feeling and so there's people in this world who are spiritually lost, people away from God, people who don't know what meaning and purpose in life is all about. And so Jesus said, for those people, there's two things that we need to be doing. First, we need to be seeking them. So you're actually actively looking for the person that was lost. Now, we've all seen things on TV before uh, where, where like uh, someone is missing and they get the whole group and like they go hand in hand through the fields uh, to make sure that they're not missing anybody and, the, and they're out there actively seeking someone that is lost. So you're looking for them actively. I don't know if the church does a, as good a job as we need to be of that. I think the church's idea of seeking the lost is to unlock the doors and hope somebody wanders in. You know, that, you know oh, I got lost and wandered in here. Oh, great, you know, what me tell you about Jesus? You know, that's not actively going out and seeking someone that is lost. And so the church's job, our job as disciples, our job as little Christ is to seek. Now, you can seek in a couple of different areas. One, you can seek with your own family and friends. You look at your own family and friends, and you say, who are the people in my life right now who are away from God? Who are the people in my life right now who don't know what meaning and purpose and are seeking that and are, are frustrated with the way that they're living right now? Who are those people in my life? And so those are people that need to be at the top of your priority list. But then there just needs to be people that you open yourself up and you say, God, as I go through my day, help me to be aware of the people that are around me and the people that need to hear a word from you and need to hear about your good news. And you're just open and you're looking and you're searching for that. I was reading an interesting story this week online. A guy by the name of Brendan Burt was going to visit some friends, uh, spending the weekend with them, uh, going from ne Nebraska to Red Oak, Iowa. He got to town about 2 in the morning. He'd never been there to see his friends before. He didn't know where he was. Took the wrong turn and got lost. And as he was going down the wrong street, he turned around in a driveway just to go back to the main road. And when he turned around in the driveway, he noticed the house was on fire. And so he jumped out, began pounding on the door, and there were five kids in the house, no adult. Uh, the, the mom was, was working the midnight shift. He was able to get all the kids out of the house, save their lives, and the mom said this was an absolute miracle 
that he just happened to get lost and turned around in our driveway. Here's a picture of that house fire right now and, and uh, him getting the kids out of the house uh, when he was there. That's from their ring doorbell. Apparently the ring doorbell survived. Uh, so, so a good thing for your ring doorbell, you know, that it, it does survive, you know, or something like that. Uh, but the idea of just being open to whoever God brings into your path at any time. So we are seeking and saving the lost. Now, Jesus can save the lost. We can't save the lost. What we do is we seek and we point people to Jesus, and we let Jesus save those who are away from him. So as little Christ, we are to seek and we are to save the lost. That's the first thing that we are to do. A second thing Jesus said that he was called to do, as little Christ, we are to serve others. As little Christ, we are to serve others. Look at Mark 10, 45. Mark 10, 45. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And so Jesus says here, Hey, the, my purpose in coming isn't to serve people. It is, isn't to serve, but to serve other people. Now, the strange thing about that is if ever anybody... Uh, deserved to be served, it was Jesus. Uh, but he was the one that came and said, no, I'm coming to serve others. He didn't think it was about himself. He thought it was caring and helping and reaching out and being involved in others' lives and not just about him. Now, the interesting thing is that in the church today, we're probably more interested in making sure that we're served instead of serving others. Uh, you know, it's all about us, you know. And so how do we pick churches? Well, what church has the most things for me and my family? Do they have the worship style I like? Do they have a big enough gym? Uh, do they have the programs for my kids and children? And, and everything then revolves around us. Are they taking care of me enough? And everything becomes about us. And then it goes beyond that even. And in a recent Barna poll, it was found out a majority of Christians said they would only attend a church that agreed with them politically. 55% of Christians said they would only attend a church that agreed with them politically. Now, that's gone to a whole nother extreme there, uh, right there, where now suddenly you're saying church, the place where a whole group of people come together uh, to find love and forgiveness and grace in places they can't find it anywhere else, you just want to limit it to the people who agree with you politically. Now, the interesting thing is Jesus had very little to do with politics in his life. He was constantly trying to be drawn into the political spectrum. One area they tried to draw him in over and over again was the whole controversy with paying taxes. Should a good Jew pay taxes to an occupying foreign power, Rome? And Jesus just refused to engage in that dialogue at all. Now, it was an important issue in his day. It was one of the most important issues in his day, but it wasn't nearly as important as what Jesus was doing. And I think sometimes we forget that the things of this world are not nearly as important as what we're doing in this building uh, in loving and caring for other people. So I just wanted to stop for just a second. Tuesday we have an election uh, coming up. Uh, it's called the most important election in our lifetime. As every election in my lifetime has been the most important. And to prove that it's the most important election in our lifetime, both Republicans and Democrats are 10% less likely to vote in this election than in the last one. That's how it is the most important election in the history of the world. But just so we get it all kind of together, let's just take a second 
and let's have a prayer for Tuesday, if we could. Father, we come this morning, and our prayer is that regardless of what any election results may be on Tuesday, that your church be strong. That, Father, you help us to remember that we are here for a different reason. We are here because we have been forgiven by you when we don't deserve it, and we've been made a family through you and your sacrifice on the cross. And, Lord, we pray for our country, that our country be strong and our country move in the right direction, and whoever is elected help push us in that direction. But, Lord, help us to realize that whatever direction our country may go, that our church has a bigger reason and a bigger purpose for being here, and that together we are the family of God. And so we pray for this election. We pray for our church. We pray, Father, that we would be an example to the world of what people can do when they come together united. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, so Jesus said he came to not, not serve, but to be... Wait. So Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. Get up, come try to say that. It's not, not as easy as you might think. So what does that word serve mean? Well, the root of that Greek word, Greek word that is used for serve here is the exact same word we use for deacon. Uh, and we think we know a deacon, that word literally means servant. So uh, what we're doing there, it's one who cares for and meets the needs of other people. Jesus said, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus came to care for and meet the needs of others. And the main way he did that is the end of that verse there. He gave his life a ransom for many. So the main way that Jesus came and served us is that he went to the cross, died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. It was the ultimate sacrifice, one giving everything literally for us. And so as we look at that and we think about that, we need to say, okay, as little Christ, what am I doing to care for, help others, and sacrifice for them? It's not all about me anymore. I, I'm saved. God's in my life. I'm going to heaven. Now it's about caring and loving and forgiving and being patient with other people. It means about sending a card, making a phone call, being active in other people's lives, letting people know you love and care for them. It's when somebody messes up, they know that you forgive them. You know, the interesting thing is this room should be the most forgiving place in the entire world. This should be the place that when you mess up tragically out there and you walk in here, you find people who say, yeah, man, I'm with you. You know, I've been there. I've messed up more than once. And when you come in this room, you're going to find a place where you're loved and forgiven. That's what this place is supposed to be. You know, this isn't a place where we judge other people. This is a place where we say, yeah, we're all in the same hospital. You know, God's putting us all back together when we come in this room right here. Now, we do things all the time to try to care and reach out and help other people. Uh, we collected the shoes a while back that's going to put water filters in countries around the world where they don't have clean water. And as a matter of fact, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to see what those shoes you collected really did. We're going to have a speaker that's going to come for about five minutes. I'm going to interview him. Uh, he's from Kenya, and he's going to tell how the collection of those shoes is making an unbelievable difference in the prisons in Kenya. And so you'll get to hear that uh, firsthand coming up. Uh, we did things like uh, the meal packs for Haiti, where we were down in the gym and we collected and we put together all the meal packs that were, were sent to Haiti. 
that, that were there. Uh, the Operation Christmas Child baskets, the Thanksgiving baskets uh, that uh, uh, Sandy just got up and told us about. It's going to help families in our community uh, have a good Thanksgiving. We're doing those kind of things all the time, and you need to be involved in those. But just like with seeking and saving the lost, you also just need to be open to God suddenly doing something. God puts somebody in your, in your path that you say, I've never met this person before. It's a, it's a chance encounter, but God wants me to do something to care and help or just listen to the other person. Dawn and I were eating uh, lunch at a, a restaurant a few weeks ago, and uh, the, the waitress uh, came by to uh, refill my water glass, and I just said, how are you doing today? And she pulled up a chair and sat down and told me how she was doing. And it wasn't good. You know, she wasn't having a very good day. Uh, but people just want somebody to know that they care and they respond when they do. Uh, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers is a strong Christian. A few weeks ago, they lost to Alabama 30-6. to I think that was the last game Alabama won in the last, last few weeks. But, but regardless, of, regardless of that... Uh, when he was leaving the stadium after losing 30-6, to they played at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. There was an Alabama event staff person who was leading the stadium. She was elderly. She was having trouble walking out of the stadium. Uh, she stumbled, and she was out of breath. He jumped over the line where the players were going out, and this is what Will Rogers did. He took her by the arm, and he escorted her all the way to her car and then went over and got on the team bus. Now, that's just somebody saying, hey, God's put somebody in front of me that I can do something to help, and I need to help them. That's how simple that is. But that's what it means to be a little Christ. We are called to serve others. And then the last thing that we're going to look at in our scripture passage. As a little Christ, we are to be in a close relationship with God. As a little Christ, we are to be in a close relationship with God. John 15, verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. God loved me. I love you. You stay in my love. Everything's going to be good. So a part of being a little Christ is that we are in a close, personal relationship with God. Our main job as Christians is to love and be in a relationship with God. And if you do that, everything else falls into place. If you're in a relationship with God and you're loving God and you're learning and growing in God, then you're going to start living and doing the right things. And you're going to start believing the right things. Because the closer you get to God, the more you're going to want to learn and love and learn and care for Him and more be about what He wants you to do. It's like any relationship. If you love somebody, you want to know more about them and you want to do something for them. And that's exactly this. The closer you get to God, the more God is going to draw you to Him and closer you get to Him. The more you get close to God, the closer God's going to get you to the kind of life that you want in the first place. We often think that, that when it comes to being a Christian, what we need to do is to get our life straight. Man, if I just get my life straight, then God can do something with me. You can't get your life straight. Only God can get your life straight. And so you may have tried over and over again yourself, and it's just not working. You know, I, I'm trying. I'm trying my best, and I do good for a week or two or a month or two, and then I fall back, and I'm right where I started. That's because you're trying to do something to get yourself better when the only way you're ever going to be better is God doing a miracle in your life. And so you come to God, and the closer you get to God, the more you're going to see God change you. 
week or so ago, Loretta Lynn, the, the country singer, passed away. And at her funeral, her granddaughter, Taylor Lynn, who's also a singer, spoke. Got a picture of Taylor and Loretta Lynn right here uh, together. And this is what her granddaughter told. She gave a little of her testimony. And in her testimony, she talked about the fact that she was heavily involved in drugs and alcohol for several years. As a matter of fact, she went to rehab seven different times, and nothing seemed to work. And then the last time, uh, she opened the desk of the rehab center she was at, and they had one of those Gideon Bibles. And she started reading that Gideon Bible, and she said she finally took the Bible, looked up, and said, Okay, I've tried everything else. I'll let you have a shot at it, God. Let's see what you can do with this mess of my life. And she said that her life began to change. It wasn't easy, but her life began to change. She got off drugs and alcohol for seven years. Everything began to pull back together in her life. And then she had a baby, and uh, the baby was a breech birth. They had to, had to do some surgery and other things. She was in a lot of pain, and they gave her some pain medication, and she fell off that wagon and went back to the drugs she'd been off of for almost a decade. And she went back into rehab. And this is what she said. When I was in that rehab facility, I was a mess. I was crying and crying and crying. And I just kept saying to God, I'm a total failure. I am so sorry. I tried so hard, but I failed. Seven years, and now it's all for nothing. I was a total failure. And that's when I felt God's warmth come over me. And I felt him saying to me, I've never gone anywhere. I love you. I forgive you. I will always be with you. And Taylor Lynn said that's when she realized that you can never get away from God, that he loves you, he's going to be with you, he's going to follow you every single step of the way. As a little Christ, we are people who are in that relationship with God. That's why we're trying to reflect his glory in the first place. So what have we seen today? As Christians, we're to be little Christ, to seek and save the lost, to serve and not be served, and to be in a loving relationship with God. And when you do that, you will be like Jesus. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your word today. Help us to see its truths and to live it out. And thank you, Lord, that you're always there with us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.